What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 1528 Podcast. We hope your week has been great. We hope you've been able to listen and catch up on any episodes you've missed. Just so you know, we have three episodes left before we go on our break for the season. Anyway, let's check in with the fellas. How y'all doing? What up, man? Yo, yo, yo. I'm yo, good. Yo. So last night, I couldn't find anything else to watch and turned on the world news. BBC Sheesh. America? No, actually, it was more the country. It was more stuff going around. Well, there's stuff around the world. There's just a whole lot of crazy stuff going around the world, man. And I was just sitting there like 11 or 12, like, wow. Wow. What a world we live in. But it's Labor Day. Let's have fun. Labor Day weekend. Man, I remember Labor Day in New York used to be like the thing. And now everybody's in their fucking houses up here. This is Damn. this is sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, should be on, I should be on Eastern Parkway right exactly. now. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, but uh shout out to uh anybody who's watching uh Lovecraft Country. Uh that show is absolutely amazing. I am I am watching it right now. Well, not right now, because I'm talking to y'all, but I watched yeah. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is really good. I got through both seasons of Cobra Kai. It's really good, right? I'm I'm almost done with the first season of Cobra Kai, but Lovecraft Country, yo. I, he never responded on in the text. Like that first episode got me like, "What am I watching? I don't know. Is it going to get better or if better. I don't get if I don't get this? Am I? It didn't get good to like the last five ten minutes. It set up the story. It gave you the. It gave you like the characters. It gave right. You the so world. is it going to get better? <laughs> or not? So what? I mean, the story's going to be stupid if if it set up the story and he's confused. Like right, it's not going to be good. So no, no, no. Um. So yeah, the first episode, of course. It, Gave you the um, the world, it gave you everything that's going on, and then it gave you the horror and the, the last bit. Um, but if you yeah, keep watching and you, you're gonna enjoy it, man. You, so it's more like it. the last 10 minutes than the first 40. No, man, like who damn it, ain't nobody just jumping out and saying boo in the first 10 minutes. Like, just watch the damn show. But you gotta watch a whole episode before it gets scary. That's well, it almost. Well, hey, I okay. ain't the only one that said it because so, Tierra so was like, the, it almost put her to sleep too. So, so here's the thing. So, Tierra always going to sleep though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, back up on my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, with the story, like, it's, it's, um, like, it's just not about the monsters, like, that have big teeth or whatever and, and a whole bunch of eyes. It's also the racism that uh, presents itself as a monster itself. And so, like, it's, it's a lot there. But if you, if you're not deeper intellectual or into good, Good, you know, good show. Man, <laughs> if you're not deep or intellectual, oh my you know, god, it'll go right past you. I, I understand, right? So if, we're not a bar, if, we're, if, we're not a, if we're not a fucking sci fi nerd, then it, might take, it might take us a while to get into it. That's true. That's true. But if you like dragons and uh, and lords and all that mess that I was watching, um, uh, Game who of Thrones, that? yeah, you know about Game of Thrones. His I disrespectful can, ass. I can, I, 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 I can do it. Like it did take me a while to get into it because, like, they would talk. Like all they do was walk and talk, and then talk about who's where and, and the Lord See, of this. And, and then somebody shows up naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, what, what are we doing? Are we getting out of nowhere. <laughs> Even with Game of Thrones, I couldn't watch it real time because people were like, "Yo, just get through these first three episodes, and yeah. then it gets crazy good." And I couldn't. I couldn't. But either. then by the time it got to season five. And they have four seasons of greatness after them three boring ass episodes. I was like, all right, fuck it. And then, but, and then they said it ended badly. So I just didn't want to do this. Just the last. To, it was so enough. high up that yeah, the ending just they didn't do it. They they rushed the ending because they were trying to hurry up and do the fucking Star Wars movies. Yeah, some mm. bullshit politics. Nice, nice, nice. 
Speaking anyway, of I came down to, uh, <laughs> I came up to Michigan for the weekend, see my family. Uh, yeah. Been real great. See my niece. She's getting big. Really ain't scared of shit. But you know, some babies, like you turn them upside down, they get all freaked out. I literally would hang her by her leg and she just smiles at me. Like she's Give her, give her a couple more months. Right. Which you love it. <laughs> I look up in the air. I'm like, dude, she's tall for that, man. You can't be scared. Right, of right, right, right. That. But, uh, it's been a up and down weekend, but it's been a good weekend overall. So you know, always good to come home. That's yeah, we, we, let's up. see if let's see if JT can uh, follow the show. Y'all see, he was uh, asleep at the production call <laughs> on the protection call, and he Man. provided the proof. I am <laughs> he provided the proof. I'm just here for seasoning, uh, so we can start talking, and uh, I'll just get my two cents along the way. Well, all them grays in your beard, you know, you might as well season something. Wow. Oh. I ain't got no wow. Wow. That's because you, met, you use that midnight cocoa bean, nigga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody calm down. Oh, how, I'm, 27. <laughs> I'm the one with 27 in these streets. Right? You're right, right. Anyway, we're going to move right along. As some of you may have seen, we are doing a voter registration absentee ballot tour on an RV. The 1528 guys are getting out there trying to get people in our community to get registered to vote and then also actually vote. Uh, the tour is going to go as follows. Dayton, Ohio, September 14th through September 16th. Cincinnati, Ohio, September 17th through the 19th. Columbus, Ohio, September 20th through the 22nd. Akron, the 23rd through the 24th. Cleveland, Ohio, the 25th through the 28th. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the 30th through the 3rd, Flint, Michigan, the 4th of October through the 7th, Detroit, Michigan, the 8th through the 11th of October, then Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we're going the 13th through the 15th, then we're finishing off in Philly, Philly, the 16th through the 19th. If any of those dates are near any of your cities of residence right now, we definitely would love to have any volunteers to come help. Whether it's passing out papers, flagging people in, just having conversation with people about the importance of voting. We'd really love your help. And also, don't forget to hit us up on the website or, and also on the show link, our GoFundMe. We can't do this without any of you all. And we really appreciate your shares, your donations, and your support. Thanks. Yeah, these RVs cost a lot of money. So if you can donate, please do. Hella, hella a lot of money. so <laughs> kind. <laughs> Man. All right, so gentlemen, first question we're going to have, what is your individual inspiration and motivation for wanting to take part in this trip or just increasing minority voter turnout in general? Uh, I guess I'll kick it off. I guess for me, a big reason that I really was hoping that this could come into fruition was going back to the hashtag episode. You know, one of the things that I was struggling with was feeling like I wasn't doing enough, um, feeling like I was just sitting on my hands and feeling like just posting shit on social media and sharing online just couldn't be all that I could do. Uh, so I really wanted to find a way to exact change. Um, I talked to my brother who has been in this realm, uh, politics, community organizing, nonprofits for what, 20, 30 years now, damn near. And one of the ideas that he was like, you know, the biggest way to impact change right now is through the election, um, making sure that people vote, getting people out areas that, you know, normally might not vote as often. So that kind of sparked the idea of why not just fucking do this everywhere since COVID has everybody working re remotely. So this is a perfect opportunity for us to actually try to do that and really, really impact 
a lot of the key areas that are necessary for us to see the kind of change that we want. Yeah. Um, to be honest, kind of on the same vein, I just want to make sure I, I guess do my part and to go out there and, and kind of talk to people and kind of, kind of like really hone in on why the language is about not voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, trying to really, I guess, sit down and talk to people because, uh, you know, like, like you said, Dre, like get, getting on social media and posting and, and, you know, I could, I got means for days about voting and, and all of that, but actually having a conversation and being in the streets um, where the people are, especially those that already feel disenfranchised and, you know, and feel like their voice doesn't matter, like to actually go to them and to say, hey, it does matter. You need, to, you know, uh, to show up and show out. And um, therefore, you can have a, have a voice and improve the situation because clearly, clearly we need some improvement. But it starts with you registering and then going to vote. So, yeah. So for me, I have I have several reasons. Um, I'll try not to go too deep in them because I'm sure they'll probably spark other conversation. And I know we got to keep it moving. But this is honestly the first election I've ever really felt the need to vote. I've voted ever since, you know, I was old enough to vote. Um, and I've always felt it was just, you know, it was just the right thing to do. You have to vote. People people fought and died and were persecuted for you to vote. And so I've always taken it as, you know, you have to do this, like you have to vote. And but this time I actually feel like I need to vote. It feels dire. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that and that sense of urgency is what inspires me and pushes me toward this initiative because I'm just one vote um, and I'm going to vote for sure. And we're collectively are just four votes and we need to really get this message out. We have a lot of we, we hear, you know, daily from the four of us in our different arenas in different states and cities is that um, a lot of people talking that, that foolishness, like I'm not going to vote or I'm going to vote for this person. I'm going to vote for that person. And then, you know, the constant barrage on social media of people who want to vote all other kind of stuff. And it's fine. I mean, vote how you want to vote. Um, however, I just want to make sure that people who don't necessarily have time for Facebook deba- debates and people who don't have time to sit around and I have the luxury for real to sit around and think about, you know, these witty comebacks and these digs at Republicans or whatever like that, because they're trying to make it happen. They're trying to put food on the table. They're trying to survive. Um, I want to reach those people and, and and have a conversation with them if I can, you know, and just and just let them know how dire it is. I mean, just over the weekend, I told y'all um, a little bit earlier, just watching watching the news, man. Like it's another hashtag in New York. Got on the ground with a spit back over his face in handcuffs. Now he's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, watch what happened in what's happening in Portland. Day 100 yesterday. They shooting fireworks at, at the protesters. Uh, one guy, his feet were on fire and they, he was running out of the fire and they had to put him on the ground while he had to, and, and put his feet out from being on fire, a protester, you know, Trump has said he's going to defund education. Now don't defund the police, but let's defund education. If you talk about slavery, the true story of slavery, um, because I don't know about y'all, but I didn't really learn anything about slavery in my K-12 experience. And then the whole ban of diversity training. I just feel like it's just a lot going on right now. And, you know, People have to be conscious of what's going on and nothing's going to change on its own. Um, and we just have to be that voice for those who are voiceless. That's what we, you know, take a pledge to do, you know, just kind of like one of those unspoken pledges. Like we, we have a responsibility. Those who know, te- each one, teach one. Mm. That's, what's up. That's what's up. Well, for me personally, Dre formulated this idea about a week and a half ago, two weeks, <laughs> and it just kind of 
went perfectly. Yeah, I mean, we told him he should have done it two months ago, but you know, he's a last minute ass nigga. But <laughs> we uh you can't, can't rush greatness, it just comes upon you when it comes upon you. Nigga, that's exactly what we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh it just so happened to line up perfectly uh, as far as timing with me not having to work for a while. And then, you know, just being able to say you went out there and you did something that could make a difference and really get into the streets and get into the, I guess, like the grassroots of the people and talking. And I think as much as we want to educate, I think we're going to learn a lot about the, um, the state of mind of some of our people or some of our youth when it comes to voting and comes to uh, how they feel politically when it comes to sometimes they just feel like their vote doesn't matter no matter who they vote for. And we want to change that idea. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. It's a little, little selfish as well with everything that's going on. We're getting older. People are, you know, passing away here and there. I look at this as a great opportunity to spend time with my boys too. Um, I feel like it would be a trip that I would regret not taking in the future. I think it is going to be a way for us to deepen our bond and just get to know each other a little more. But in doing so, we're really trying to make a difference within our community. Yeah. And I think for me, like I haven't got a chance to, to do any protests, you know, like right. Um, I keep hearing about them after the fact. I got to get I got to get better on that. But for some reason, it's just like when I, it's always, oh, there was a protest in Oakland. There was a protest here. And I'm like, oh, dang, I would have went. Um, but I haven't got a chance to yet. So. And, and maybe that's not the place for me. You know, it's not for everybody. And but I do believe that this can be this is obviously because I'm going <laughs> that this is the place where I can, you know, affect change, you know, and especially in the way that I really believe. I've been saying for years, you know, yeah. protesting is cool um, and it, it gets people attention. But legislation change and voting right people in office is 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 where the, the real meat and potatoes are. Yeah, and I think a big thing for me, too, when I just realized that it's now or never because we're not going to have an opportunity where we all actually can take this time off, um, whether it's working on the road or whether it's, you know, with the contract ending um, or whether it's, you know, in school or whatever it might be. So, like, this didn't just happen accidentally. It happened for a reason. Right. So I think that it was just like, man, like we fucking got to make this happen. And even, you know, after the first day or two where we started fundraising and we're like, man, this is expensive as fuck. Like even the RV alone, I don't know if we're going to be able to come up with it. It's just one of those things where looking back at that kind of stuff is just like, no, this is happening for a reason. We're going to make this happen one way or another and just like push through and it'll all work out type shit. Um, but like another big thing too, kind of more personal is going back to Hamilton to get our reference in this week. <laughs> I've really just been kind of honed in on the last uh, set on Hamilton, the you know, who lives, who dies, who tells your story, right? Like, what are people going to remember you for after you go? And what kind of impact have you had on other people's lives during the life you lived? And I saw this as a way where, like, listen, it might not be something where I can go to one or two people and say, hey, did, did Andre change or did JT change or did said change? But if we can help in some kind of way swing the election and get the country back to a country that our uh, nieces and nephews and kids and grandkids or whatever are more comfortable living in, like then that's the kind of change that I would love to feel like I help take a part of. Um, so like just that, 
thinking about that was like a big thing for me. Every time I hear Hamilton at the end, I'm always thinking who lives, who dies, who tells the story, like what kind of impact have you had? And I think this could be something really, really impactful on a lot of levels. I agree. I agree. It's leaving a legacy in a sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No more complaining. No more just complaining. Let's do something. Right. Right. So with that being said, what does a successful trip look like to you? Uh, what's your ideal outcome for all of our efforts to make you feel like to make it feel like this was worth it? I'm personally trying to come up with some numbers on how many people we register with each location. Um, I think if we, you know, you you gotta you gotta see it, see the target in order to hit the target. And so, um, trying to come up with some numbers like what's a, a more reasonable, uh, you know, twenty people a day or or whatever, whatever the case may be, um, that and I mean, I guess that's it. I, I just want to make sure that we actually have the information um, readily available and ha- be able to track our um, our progress to, you know, so so we know what we're doing. And, and if we want to take this further and do something more with it, we have information to say, hey, this is the amount of in- individuals that we touch. These are the amount of individuals that we uh, register. These are the amount of individuals uh, that need this uh, for election day. That way we can, you know, it's hard information it needs to be passed along and needs to be recorded um so that's that for me that'll make us successful besides you know being able to eat every day on the road and <laughs> <laughs> you know other than you know bologna sandwiches exactly you know, as long as it's fried uh, look. Yeah, uh so yeah don't, i mean no, just keep that away <laughs> so those just the things the small things for me that makes it successful um Cause you know, it, this is a job, you know, this is definitely, I too also want to just hang out with my boys a little bit and have it be able to hang out with a cause, but it, it needs, we need to make sure that we're making some type of uh, progress here. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's, that's, that to me will make it successful. Yeah. And when I think about it, I think a lot about not only registering people to vote, but since we're doing this in inner cities and I've got to get into the numbers um, a little bit next, but Man, just historically, the voting turnout has just been so low compared to other areas. I would love to and I will try as best as possible to make sure we're keeping track of how many first time voters we're signing up, because mm. um, I think that makes a difference, not only just in this election, but as you mentioned, BJ, like sometimes people need understanding and need convincing on why it's important that they vote. So if we can help get people registered and some of them actually change their mind or not thinking that voting is important in general and now they are consistent voters, I think that that'd be um, really big. So I'm really looking forward to uh, keeping track of those numbers too. Yeah, man, this is, this is more than a registration drive. Obviously we're going to do more than register. And I, you know, my thoughts, you know, kind of echo what Dre just shared. Um, It's more, it's more than, it's more than a drive because we're actually going to educate some folk. We're going to talk about some, we're going to talk to some folk who probably really never sat down and had an educated conversation about voting or the election process, or even the candidates for that matter. And when I say educated conversation, I mean more than just opinions and more than just uh, more than just stereotypes and stuff like that. Like we're not out here even pushing a party. We're pushing, we're pushing uh, a right and a freedom and a, and a way of a way of life uh, that we hope people are able to, to to grab hold to. And so I'm hoping to see you know some things just being intangible. Like I hope. Uh, I hope we never get be able to post that uh, that meme again that says these hundreds of thousands of people in these areas didn't vote. Uh, mm-hmm. If I if we can see those stats again, 
in the next election and those numbers have significantly decreased, I can be proud of the fact that we had something to do with that. You know, um, right. we can't, of course, we won't take sole responsibility for it, but we, we, we saw a problem and we actually attacked it um, head on. Um, and I, I, would, I would like to see that. Um, I would like to see us, and, and maybe this may not be the direct, you know, um, impact of, of this. I mean, hopefully it will be, but I want to see us elect somebody who will bring about necessary change. Um, I'm tired of us having attention. I'm tired of us raising the issue. I'm tired of us having the conversation. But actually, we elect somebody who will actually bring change. And that change can only really be realized through legislation change. Uh, many of us know that a lot of these states, they have these constitutions that have a lot of racist stuff in them. Um, and that's why these laws get to go. Um, our constitution has a lot of racist things in it. Um, I hope we get a candidate in there who will actually look at our racist fabric and foundation in this country and actually do something about it. Um, and that's what I'm looking for this year, this next presidential term. Hopefully, uh, if it goes in a way, we have somebody who is really on board for bringing our country together and for human rights, man, human equality, human rights, and we actually get to see a difference in this country. That, to me, that would be a, a great a great outcome for us. Nice. Good point. Good point. Me, personally, I think, like JT said, you got to set a goal in order to hit it. And I'm trying not to be too lofty, but out of 10 cities, I would personally love to get about 5,000 voters registered total. Obviously, some, some areas are going to be lower, some will be higher, but that's my mental goal. That I think that would be awesome. I'm also looking forward to possibly let you know when you have those, when you're, you're speaking to somebody and you're educating or you, I don't even want to say educating, you're just having good dialogue. And then you can see their light bulb go off that aha moment of understanding. I really hope we can have a lot of those moments with people, you know, instead of just because it's hard if somebody feels disenfranchised or they feel like uh, voting doesn't matter, if they feel like no matter what each politician don't care about black people it's hard to argue with someone's feelings because it's it's literally a part of who they are mm -hmm. so trying to change that thought process can be difficult but if we can you know get over those walls and get over those obstacles and get them to have that light bulb aha now i understand moment i think the important thing about that is because now you've changed their mind or you've reshaped their paradigm now they will be a light to the people because a lot of like-minded people are around each other, right? So now mm -hmm. this person is saying, you know what? I was wrong. We do need to vote. So it's kind of like, hopefully like a, a good virus, a good infection. Like we change the mind of somebody and then they start changing the minds of people around them. You know, the 5,000 people that we're going to get, that's cool. But do they get two or three more people right. to change their mind? And I think that's where the power of this trip lies. It's not necessarily about the people that we necessarily get registered and, and convince them that voting is important. It's who do they convince? Who who mind do they change? I was sitting with uh, my brother and his friends and they on this. I'm not voting tip because none of them care about us. No way. Nothing, nothing matters. This and that. But, you know, me come in a little older and just on a totally different tip. If I can change one of them little gentleman's mind <laughs> and uh, it was on the tip of your right. tongue you know what i'm saying and then they can start to change the minds of them and then they can start changing the minds of the other people i think that's where the power comes in personally yeah, yeah i mean avalanche 
Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's that's just a hopeless place to be. When you you know, we look at that and we say, "Oh, y'all being stupid." Not saying we we said that, but it's like you know, "Oh, y'all being stupid. Y'all just don't get it." And of course, no, you don't get it. But that's also a place of hopelessness, right? Mm-hmm. It's a place where you just like, listen, I might as well not vote. I might as well not this. I'm just gonna wait my time out. I'm gonna get pulled over one day and die, or I'm gonna be out somewhere and just stuff's not gonna work out for me. Like that's hopelessness. Like mm-hmm. when we hear those things, I love the fact that you were able to sit there and have a conversation with them instead of berating them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so crazy how people who uh, we say uh, we love you know we love you we love you we love you and then when someone who you love comes to you and they're confused or they're hopeless or they're frustrated or whatever and then we berate them and belittle them and put them down as opposed to lifting them up and saying hey I hear where you're coming from man but you can't lose hope right now like let's keep on pressing you got a lot of life to live you know let's right. not live it oppressed so, and yeah. one thing it, it's 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 hard to do but to to speak logic to those who are in the emotions. Yeah, um, you know that it's it's very very hard to do because like you said a lot of people are stuck in their emotions and and they already feel do- uh, downtrodden and and that hopelessness but to present to them you know this this bit of you know taken from obama uh the audacity of hope having the hope um to make a change or, or and understanding the fact that you got to see yourself as a positive force in this life to make change regardless if they want to see your change or not you got to see it's how you see yourself if you don't Mm -hmm. see yourself as someone who can make a change then they've kind of got you already and so to go out here to do this um this registration drive um this this tour thing we're about to do it's to be honest it's going to be it's going to be daunting on us a little bit because we're literally going to be addressing people's mindset on things. Uh, of course, there may be people that, you know, it's not even going to be that big of a deal. They, they've moved and they just haven't registered or whatever, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be difficult when we hit those people who are literally hell bent on not voting because X, Y, Z in the past, X, Y, Z in the past. And I'm thinking like, what about X, Y, Z in the future? You know what I'm saying? What, how do you, how do you see yourself now? And then what do you want to see later on? Like if you've given up your voice and your power now, then clearly like you've lost. So how, how, how do I get you into a winning mindset? And so that's, that's what we get. That's what we got to go into this, into this, this battle fellas. Like for real, like this is, this is not just seeing the country and, and just, and having conversation, but it's, 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 it's like you said, a, a good infection, a good, uh, you know, spreading the word of, of yeah. voting. I'm glad you said spread the word because that's a segue right into my next thought. My next thought was just in a sense, <laughs> uh, no, real time. my next word was like, we really need to be prayerful going into this thing because I really believe like racism and all these different things, they're spirits and they're, and they're spirits that, you know, Jesus says some things are overcome by fasting and prayer. You know what I'm saying? And so we may be able to go out here and talk to people and that'd be good. We may be able to, you know, to convince some folk or, or just enlighten some folk, but some, some folk gotta be free. You know what I'm saying? Some of these yeah. mindsets they got is just demonic oppression. Um, and just, you know, the spirits that are just out there, like, like, you know, the powers that be out there, uh, of darkness and stuff like that, that just has people ready to throw in the towel. Think about it, man. The whole thing is, uh, of this spiritual attack, a lot of people think, you know, Oh, the devil is after my car. Cause my car broke down. Oh, the devil's after my house. Cause I got uh foreclosed, but man, the devil's after your life, man. And the hopelessness that we talk about and the despair that we talk about, people focus suicidal, like man. folk are, folk are, you know, are dying out here, man. Like literally dying out here and uh, giving up before the fight even starts. And so we just need to be prayerful in that, in the, in the sense that some things only God can, 
can can bring us through. I was laughing because a little uh, look at Lonnie, man. Somebody get her some baby oil gel, man. That's a, that's a teething cry. I'm telling you, I, I know it. She's like, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Right. I want to be on a podcast. Right. Let me come up there. Like, hello. <laughs> yeah. So so that's 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 my thought. That's what's up. All right. So our next segment. We're going to talk about stacks, why this trip is important and why this election matters. Uh, and with that, I'm going to kick that off to Dre and let him uh, roll with that for a while. All right, y'all. Um, I just wanted to briefly welcome everybody to my TED talk that I'm about <laughs> to have real quick. Um, but I actually do recommend grab a pen and a piece of paper. I have 10 quick stats. Well, I say quick, but I have 10 stats here that are super important, not only to um, you know, the election itself, but in terms of this trip, in terms of why we're going, where we're going and how our location stops are essentially going to really, or at least hopefully change this election for the better. With that being said, let's dive into it. Stat number one, roughly only 60% of eligible voters turned out in 2016. That means four out of every 10 people stay at home last election. Again, only 60% of people voted in 2016. That's just crazy. Bananas. Like, we need more people to register. We need more people to turn out. Um, That's an overall sweeping thing about why we need to do this. The second stat is actually diving in a little bit deeper on that. Inner city voter turnout is historically 5 to 15% lower than voter turnout in the suburbs um, in every election in a modern presidential era. Um, these areas also predominantly lean blue. So it's more people that are typically, you know, voting uh, Democratic um, that are turning out because the voter turnout in the inner cities is normally that much lower. Taking it a little bit closer to home, stat number three is in the black community, the voter turnout in 2008 was 65 percent. In 2012 was 67 percent. But in 2016, that dropped all the way down to 59%. Now, some people would say it makes sense because of the Obama bump, right? Our candidate was running in 08 and 2012, so the numbers were a little bit higher, but that's not really the whole story. 2016 was the first presidential election in over 20 years where there was a decrease in voter turnout. So every single election, more and more people came to vote. And in that election, it dropped in 2016 far lower than it did any other year. Dre, is that for everybody or is that just in the African-American community? That's like, black, uh, black voters. So this is the first voters. time in 20 years it went down for, okay. For black okay. voters, yeah. Right, so we were always on an uh, incline up, and then in 2016 it dropped down a lot. Stat number four, and this is when we start to get on the location that we're going a little bit more, Donald Trump won the Midwest by 4%. All the states in the Midwest combined, um, he won 49% to 45%. Set number five, Trump voters skew the polling, giving a false sense of security. A lot of times when people are asked, are you voting for Trump? They don't admit it <laughs> for whatever reasons, whether they just don't like to let other people know that in public or um, whatever it might be. And the biggest, biggest, biggest place where this was indicative in the 2016 election was there was a seven point difference in polling in Wisconsin to the actual results. Seven percentage point different in polling than what was estimated. 
Trump actually only won that state by one percentage point. Dang. Right. So a lot of people in Wisconsin were probably like, oh, she got a six, six point lead. I don't even need to vote. And look what happened. You know, he won by that one point. That number six, there were six states that Obama won in 2012 that were flipped to Trump in 2016. A lot of people think a lot of that is because of the low voter turnout, because of the apathy, because people weren't excited for Hillary or whatever it was. But those states were Florida, Iowa, and then the four states that we're going to, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Now, those six states totaled 99 electoral college votes, and Trump only won the election by 74 votes. Keep in mind, Barack Obama won every single one of those. Um, I'll get into the electoral college votes in a second and what that means and kind of explain that in case anybody's not clear. But long story short, if Hillary Clinton would have won Florida and any one of those other states, she would have won the presidency. Or if Hillary Clinton would have won Pennsylvania or Ohio, Michigan and Wisconsin and Trump still won Florida, she still could have won the presidency. But she didn't. We didn't show up to vote in those areas. People stay home on Election Day and we're where we're at right now. So let's take a little bit of closer dive into the four states that we're going to. OK, first off, we look at Ohio and I'm very familiar with Ohio's voting history. Um, growing up, we didn't have cable. So the only election news we covered basically was focused on Ohio. <laughs> um, so I've seen this a lot. But the really, really big stat to keep in mind with Ohio is no Republican candidate has ever won the presidency without winning Ohio. It's that important to their odds. Historically, it's one of the most volatile uh, swing states. Every other election, it could flip or flop. A lot of times people in Ohio are one issue voters. Um, so a lot of it really, really does flip that way. But again, no Republicans ever won a presidency without Ohio. So if Trump loses Ohio, really good chance he loses the election. Um, one of the reasons we're spending a lot of time there. But then we move along to Pennsylvania. In 2016, these numbers are going to sound ridiculous. Wait, Dre. Wait. So on Scandal, when they had to win Independence, Ohio. Yes. Wow. Defiant. <laughs> yeah. Defiant. Yeah. Defiance, Ohio. Defiance. Yeah. Where I get independence from? I don't know. It just sounds like know. That's a city. It is a city, though. But, but dang. So that was yeah. real. Good, good, real. Good work, uh, writer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on to Pennsylvania. And again, these numbers might just blow your mind when you hear them. In 2016, the presidential election for Pennsylvania was decided by 0.72% of voters. 0.72% of voters decided who won. Dang. So, no, so that number breaks down to roughly 44,000 voters. Oh. I'm mean, 44,000 votes. But one of the cities that we're going to, Philadelphia, in that city alone, over 200,000 black people didn't vote. The whole state was only decided by 44,000 and over 200,000 in Philadelphia alone. Black people didn't vote. Most of those are in the inner city. Most of those have that, you know, just apathetic approach towards it for all the reasons that we talked about earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things we need to change. But then we move along to Wisconsin. In 2016, that state was decided by zero 
0.77% of votes. 0.77% of votes equal to roughly 23,000 voters. Anybody wouldn't take a guess how many black people in Milwaukee didn't vote? 500,000. Are there black people in Milwaukee besides the black? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's not as drastic as the Pennsylvania um, thing. It was 93,000 black people in Milwaukee alone didn't vote. And the state itself was only decided by 23. 70,000 people, black people in Milwaukee could have (laughs) drastically been a difference. It only needed 23 of them to actually flip the state. Just giving power away. Just literally giving giving power away. Just giving it away. You have yeah, the power. Yeah. But this is <laughs> really going we, we're really gonna bring it home. We're really gonna bring it home right now, though. With Michigan. <sighs> What's wrong with y'all states, man? The state up north. <laughs> we can't talk to it. We we cannot talk. We got one small oh, part. Wait, why what well, don't don't hey hey leave leave Louisville out your mouth. I'm a realist. I'm a realist. So uh when we move along to Michigan, keep in mind Trump never led in one single poll in Michigan before election day ever not one it was the closest race in the country in 2016 0.23% decided the outcome out of 4.8 million people that voted trump won by 11,000 votes out of 4.8 million not even a quarter of a percent of the people and in Detroit alone, over 277,000 black people didn't vote. We only needed 11,000 of them. Over 277,000 of them didn't show up. Day 12, man. Right. So, like, that puts into perspective why we're going, where we're going. Yeah. The amount that just a little bit more turnout would have had last election and could possibly have this election. So, like, those states are super, super pivotal. But why these states matter even more is what we get to in point number eight. And that's going to be on why swing states basically decide the election. And I'm going to explain the Electoral College a little bit for the people that don't have a ton of familiarity with it. Because as a lot of people know, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. In the past, candidates have won the popular vote, but haven't won the White House, like Al Gore, for instance. The reason for that is because you only get, let's say, scored for the states that you win. It doesn't matter how many how many votes you win that state by. Each state has a specific point value. And overall, the entire country has a total of 538 points uh, allocated towards states. A candidate needs 270 of those points to actually win the overall election. Now, to kind of put this in the perspective of uh, sports, because uh, I know some people just don't really grasp the Electoral College idea, but think of it like whatever your favorite sport is. I'm going to say the NBA, right? There's a best of seven series in the playoffs. It does not matter how many points you win each game by. It's just the first person of four games. So if you win all three of your games by 100 points each, but the other person wins four games by one point each, you still won the popular scoring total, popular vote, let's say, but they won the four games that matter where you only went one three. So that's where it's about not the overall vote, but about which states you're actually winning the vote. But why though? 
are you gonna get into that? Like, why, why is, why do we have electoral college? Why can't we go off popular vote and really be democratic? The reason that they initially did that, and again, a lot of this is based on going back to when they kind of first formulated the structure, but some of it does still hold true, and most of it has to do with a lot of the people were focused all in one state, right? So let's say, let's say, for instance, before the Civil War, right? If the majority of the people lived in New York City, but most of the other people were in rural areas that weren't really that developed and they didn't have a lot of city areas, New York City itself would basically decide the fate of the entire country, right? So they didn't want to do it that way, where one pocket of people that was highly consolidated decided for the entire country. They wanted to say, okay, my issues down south are different than your issues up north are different than your issues out west are different than your issues in the Midwest. So we're going to make sure that every state is able to represent their particular issues and the electoral college and the way they d- they divided up the votes is how they do it. Now, to keep it as relatively even as possible, the size of your state in terms of population does determine how many electoral college votes you get. So every state just doesn't have like two or three votes. Um, like, for instance, California has 54 votes, but Georgia only has 13 because California's population is so much bigger. So depending on how big your population is, you do get skewed um, in your favor some, but it's proportionate to the overall mass of the country. So to kind of dive into the Electoral College numbers real briefly here, in 2016, again, 538 total votes, you need 270 to win. Donald Trump won the National Electoral College 306 to 232, which was a 74 electoral vote difference. Now, even though Hillary Clinton won the total vote by 3 million, again, she was winning games by large totals. When I say games, that's the analogy for states, but she wasn't winning enough of the states that matters. She lost Ohio, which had 18 electoral college votes, Pennsylvania, which had 20 electoral college votes, Michigan, which had 16 electoral college votes, Wisconsin, which had 10 electoral college votes, and Florida, which had 29 electoral college votes. Um, And I'll even throw in Iowa, which had six electoral college votes for a total of 99 electoral college votes. And in 2012 and 2008, Barack Obama won every single one of those states. So she only lost by 74. And there's the 99 point difference, which would have swung her into winning. Now, a big thing with that is certain states are just going to vote a certain way in each election. Basically, Kentucky is red. California is blue. New York's blue. Um, a lot of states down south are red, so on and so forth. So every politician from the major parties, they start with a base of right around 150 guaranteed votes each election because those states just aren't turning no matter what. That's why the swing states matter. That's where the difference from 150 to 270 comes in is because it's about, I just named 99, right? It's about 40 to 50 more um, each election that could potentially go to either candidate. But if you win those 99, it doesn't matter what else you win. Barack won all of those. Trump won all of those. They're the president. Mm. Um, In 2004, for example, if Bush would have actually lost Ohio, he would have lost the election. The electoral college vote that year was 286 to 251. So super, super close. 286 to 251 in favor of Bush. But if he would have lost, it would have been 266 Bush to 271. Ohio itself that year 
was only decided by 2%. 2% of the voters in Ohio decided that Bush was going to be the president. That's how close the election was. 2% of Ohio could have made the outcome different. But if you look at the year 2000, it was even more insane. Again, if Bush would have lost Ohio, he would have lost the election. It, actually, if Bush would have lost Iowa, he would have lost the election. But th- that year, the vote was decided by five electoral college votes, 271 to Bush to 266 Gore. So if Bush would have lost Ohio, it would have went to 250 uh, Bush to 287, right? That year, Ohio was decided by three and a half percent. Right. So really, really small numbers in really, really important states are what's deciding who wins the election. Now, a little bit off of the states and more into the last thing that we're going to talk about here before we wrap this um, points nine and ten are actually related to throwing your vote away. Do not do this. You are, to use this term, Kanye crazy if you waste your vote on somebody else. (laughs) Right. And the reason for that is because no other candidate can win. It's either going to be the Biden ticket or the Trump ticket. Nobody else has anywhere near enough support to win. Kanye himself, he's only on the ballot for 11 states. We just talked about the math for 270 votes. You're never going to be able to get 270 votes for 11 states. So if you're voting for him, you're wasting your vote because he can't win. But if we look at history, we found that third party voters can swing an entire presidential election and drastically change the outcome. Kanye West, for instance, will not and probably can't reasonably expect to win not one state in this election, but he can really easily cause a candidate to lose. If he causes a candidate to lose, it will likely be Joe Biden. Um, And he even said that he's aware that he's going to be taking votes away from Biden if people vote for him. So going back to recent history, or at least in our lifetimes, in 1992 and 1996, Ross Perot actually proved how this happens. In 1996, Ross Perot got 8 million votes nationally. That year, Bill Clinton, a Democrat, beat Bob Dole, who was most similar to Ross Perot, and who Ross Perot was likely siphoning votes away by roughly the equivalent same 8 million that Perot won by. Again, with the Electoral College and the way that works, it wouldn't be a guarantee, but so many of those states would have been so close, it would have been a pick em. and who won versus Clinton um, winning. But when we look at it even more, that was the second time Perot ran, and a lot of times people just were like, yeah, I'm not falling for this twice. But the first time he ran in 1992, Ross Perot got 19 million people to vote for him. Bill Clinton beat, uh, again, Bill Clinton, the Democrat, beat George Bush Sr. by only roughly 5 million. Perot got 19 million. Most of the people aligned with Bush that voted for Perot, so a lot of those voters would have went to him. But if we really, really look at it, even though we know every single person that voted for Perot wouldn't have voted for Bush, if you look at you know the seven major states that are up for grabs, Think about these numbers. California that year, Clinton beat Bush by 1.5 million. Ross Perot got 2.3 million votes in that state. New York itself, Clinton won by 1.1 million votes. Ross Perot got 1.1 million votes in that state. So it likely would have forced that state into a mandatory recount where the absentee ballots and all of that would have forced, would have maybe decided the outcome. 
And there are 33 electoral college votes in that state, 54 electoral college votes in California. Uh, Pennsylvania, uh, 488,000 decided to win her, which was Clinton. Perot picked off 900,000, almost twice as many, right? Y'all seeing the trend here, right? All of these states Clinton won, and all of these states Perot actually got more votes than the difference of Clinton winning. So Bush likely would have been the president for a second term if Perot wouldn't have been in. But just to real quick pound out the rest of these numbers, um, in Ohio, Clinton won by 90,000. Perot got a million votes. <laughs> Michigan, Clinton won by 300,000. Perot got 800,000 votes. Jersey, Perot won by, or Clinton won by 21,000. Perot got 500,000. Georgia, uh, Clinton won by 13,000. Perot got 300,000, right? So that alone itself, just those seven states where Perot's difference was greater than the difference of the primary two candidates accounted for 1,177 swing votes that year. 177 of them. Bill Clinton only won 370 to 168. So essentially, Bush would have only needed 107, I mean, 107 of those votes for him to actually win his second term of office. Now, again, everybody wouldn't have voted for Perot, but about a third of the independent voters voted for Perot. And about 65 percent of the other voters said they leaned Republican. So it's easy to see how he could have actually gotten that 65 percent to actually do that, to vote, to actually win. Now, a lot of times people or in that election, they said the big reason they voted for Ross Perot um, instead of Bush, because, again, 65 percent of them linked Republican was actually out of protest of Bush. They actually said that they were super, super pissed because the Republican Party promised not to raise taxes and he broke that promise. So as a I'm not voting for you because you broke your promise, I'm pissed, I'm upset, I'm angry. They voted for an independent, wasted their vote and swung seven key states to actual Bill Clinton's side. So with that being said, don't throw away your vote in anger this year. 1992 has already showed us that if you do, what can happen? Your candidate that you vote for ain't going to win a damn state. Not one, <laughs> not one electoral college vote, but they can play a big role in deciding if that 0.23% goes to one candidate or the other and who wins. Now, the last point that uh, I have here is specifically related to that. Ross Perot won zero states that year. He won zero electoral college votes that year, but he got 19 million votes. And it, it's easy to see. And I firmly believe that he did cost George Bush reelection because those 30 percent of independents voted for him. And because most of the other people that voted for him did lean Republican, all George Bush needed was 65 percent of the people that voted for Perot to vote for him. And he would have won re-election, y'all. Don't let that happen this year. Don't waste your vote. And in case y'all don't understand, staying home is wasting your vote too. Man. So make your voice matter. Make a change. And don't just be one of these apathetic people that determine where or when somebody else is the president. You need to get in action and you need to make it happen. Give a damn. Thanks for attending my TED Talk. Uh, what kind of questions, comments, feedback do you guys have for me? Uh, we're going to start at the back here. Uh, 
Well, for, I got one thing to say to that is um, you can't like some people will get mad if they if somebody else votes for Trump, or if they find out somebody else is a, a Trump voter or whatever. But in my mind, you can't get mad at anybody who voted for Trump if you didn't vote yourself. Exactly. Yep. Like exactly. at least they are doing what they feel is right or whatever it is, whether you agree with it or not. But if you're not out there fighting the good fight and making sure he doesn't win, fuck what you got to say about somebody who voted for Trump because you ain't done shit. Hmm. That's all I got to say. That's a fact. That's real. So I don't know. I just I wanted to address this whole like it sounds like a temper tantrum to me. Like, do people really think the people who say I'm voting for Kanye or I'm staying home or whatever? Not I'm staying home. That's a different. That's a whole different temper tantrum. But the temper tantrum of I'm voting for Kanye. Like, you don't think he's going to win, but you're going to waste your time standing in line, voting or, or, or sending in your ballot or whatever. Like, do you really think Trump is going? I mean, not Trump. You really think that um, Kanye is going to win, or is this really? Agreeing with my assessment that you're just having a temper tantrum and you're going to take it to a national stage. So I don't, I don't think it's. To be honest, I don't think they're having a temper tantrum. I think having a what? What you said? I don't, <laughs> <think they're> having, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're having issues. Um, <laughs> like issue. Okay. Too All right. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I honestly <laughs> feel like they they're just pissed off with the way things are and. If you buy, get into the hype train of Kanye West, I think he could easily get low-hanging fruit in, in my perspective. Um, so, you know, these are two candidates that honestly look the same and kind of sound the same, but just on two different sides. And you're kind of like pissed off. What The thing to me is that you, let me be honest, you have a right to vote for whoever the fuck you want to vote for. However, make it worth something and be knowledgeable in your vote, not just because of your feelings. And voting, as you have done all of this, is definitely a numbers game. So put your vote to a place where it can honestly make good change. You know, that that's the thing. Like, I'm not I'm not mad if you if you're pissed off with Trump or Biden. Like, I totally understand that. But when you're talking about these other other candidates, you're literally just stepping back and just saying like, oh, whatever. You really got to look at the force that that's there and, and how to honestly make make a bigger change and, and to put it towards the force that, that needs to be uh, needs to be moved. Go ahead. BJ. Now, now, I actually uh, this Trey, um, I actually am going to agree with said on this one just because of what history has shown any polling. What uh, shit? I can't remember what it's called, but uh, after you vote and they poll you. Uh, whatever it is, that stuff. Post, <laughs> sure. Post election voting or polling or whatever. Most people that were likely Republicans that voted for Ross Perot in ninety two, they said they voted for him as a protest vote because they were upset that Bush raised taxes. Mm -hmm. If that ain't the most ignorant shit in the world, like you're saying, I don't want my candidate to win. I'm not going to vote for the other candidate. I'm just going to do something that's actually going to make it harder for the person that's most like minded as me to win. That's an issue. Like you're literally saying, hey, this is the person that out of everybody has the best chance of winning. And he thinks the way I think. But I'm going to make it harder for him to win by giving the vote away to somebody who has no shot. And that cost him the election that cost their candidate the election. Like that's the silliest shit ever. But. 
people feel super spite. But yeah, it, they it, take like, out their frustration in whatever way possible. And some people think that's ha. I'm gonna vote for somebody else. Yeah, don't of, don't affect the rest of us though. Have your own personal temper oh, tantrum. Like, but you gotta watch the language. The, the the term that you're using, they cost their candidate the election. Clearly, if he did something that that was like bullshit, he really wasn't their candidate. No, like, no, no, not their candidate. Mm-hmm. It cost the country. Like everybody well, has no, to suffer no. because you have a temper tantrum. Well, no, no, I, no, I, no, I, no, no, no. I specific to their candidate. I say that because those people still said they lean re, uh, Republican. They were super conservative, not super, but they were conservative in nature. Bill Clinton was the opposite of that. Mm. Right. So if your beliefs, if your morals are conservative and it's about, you know, um, the finances that he had, they were just upset that even though Clinton is far more different than their beliefs, the person who they thought was going to be their guy didn't do what they wanted to. And then they were upset because he taxed them when he said he wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, I'm going to vote for somebody else now. That's just, that's why if he's still really, their candidate. It's just, just really, him off. it's just really crazy how like we keep seeing examples of how the dollar is more important than human life. You know what I'm saying? Like the little pre-show conversation we was having, we ain't got to get into, but just in a sense of like we will overlook racism, we will overlook you know inhumane treatment of people. We'll we'll do all these things just for a dollar. You know, I get a tax break, or I get a this, I get a that, and so it's just really crazy how people would just will just jeopardize their whole moral compass over money. That's why, that's why the love of money is the root of all evil, man, for real. Like it'll cause some evil stuff to happen just cause somebody broke. Like, and I'm just going off what you're just saying, you know, like if you don't think that Ross Perot is going to win, but you cost the election of a person that you think probably would have been better um, just because you didn't get a tax break for real. Like you hinged the whole, the, the fate of the country on your tax break. Yeah. I wonder you talk about people protesting their vote or whatever. And I don't know if you looked it up at all, Dre, but I do wonder, like back in 2016, there were a lot of Bernie voters that got pissed that he didn't get the nod. So they just didn't vote as well. Like there was that there definitely was some temper tantrum there. I just wonder how much that affected Hillary's uh, push as well. So a good point to bring up. And it's relevant in some ways, but not others. And the reason that I say that is from what most of the polling show was there were a significant amount of Bernie supporters that um, didn't vote in last election. But what most of them said was they didn't vote because they didn't like either candidate. Now, if you take them for face value, then sure. I still think most of them felt like one person was more closely aligned to their beliefs than the others. So I think that is the case. But in the exit polling, it wasn't necessarily because Bernie wasn't there. It was just because they didn't trust Hillary and they didn't trust Trump, which for some people is true. I just don't think it was as many people as the polling actually says. So I, mean, I would think that you would be accurate. But, but that's, in, in a, it, it's, that's what we're faced with now. You know, you, some people say they don't trust politicians at all or this and that. But you still have to you still have to pick the best one. I shared a meme not too long ago about this, and it basically said you can't think of voting for a president as getting in getting married to somebody okay you don't look for every some, one person that aligns with everything you need in your daily life you think about it like you're riding a bus you say okay this candidate might not take me exactly to uh on east 16th street but it's gonna be had the closest drop off so i'm going to whichever candidate is going to get me closest to where i need to go 
and I'm going to push them to change the route to actually get to where I want it to go. Like people have to expect that nobody's going to be exactly what they want. They have to just think which one more closely aligns with who they are and get that person that more closely aligns, no matter how much the gap is. If the gap is a little bit less than the other candidate, that's who you should vote for. Yeah, but you got to be educated enough and follow politics enough. And it ain't going to happen if you just pick up politics in the voting season, because the whole thing is it was really hard for me to vote for Hillary. I mean, I did. But it was hard. Like I was looking at her and Trump. I was like, who's going to be better? Like, who's really going to do something different? You know, I didn't know Trump was going to lead a country like this. And, you know, like I'm saying, I can't blame Trump for everything that's happening in this country. That's crazy. But I mean, it's just happening under his watch, just like any other any other any other place. You know, if I'm if I'm hold on, hold on. If I'm the director of operations, uh, any business and the business starts failing, it's under my watch. If I'm the CEO, it's under my watch. I'm not saying everything happens is my fault. If some people is not going to pay attention to my leadership and not going to pay attention to the training that I provide and they're going to do their own thing. But for the most part, whoever's at the helm of the ship, when the ship starts going down, it's on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so for that right there, I don't think we would be in the unrest we were we, we are in right now if we had Hillary. But it was hard. I stood there for a minute. I went in knowing I was going to vote for Hillary. And I, it still took me a minute. I stood there for a minute. Like, uh, for real. Right. And, and so it is a thing where it's like, do I just not vote for anybody? Cause I don't want any one of them, but one of them's going to get in. So like you said, it's just best to go ahead and just find the one that's best for you. Uh, well, okay. Well, you know, I going into the, into the polls, I knew off top. Yes. It was going to be Hillary. I, you couldn't tell me that Trump was some loud mouth, rich racist who was just playing, who just got into the game just to get into the game because he wanted to and had the money and the resources to do so. None of his speeches ever lined up with anything remotely close to humanity. Right. Uh, so there was this, there's abs- absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing that, that made it difficult for me. Uh, but when it comes to the, to the Bernie Sanders uh, support, I do believe it was definitely a, a tension tantrum because um, the way that it all, that it all went down, and can you say it slowly for the people? Say, say, it. say it slowly for the people. <laughs> slowly for the people. <laughs> can you say what kind of what kind of response they had? Yeah, response what, they had. What, what were they doing? Yeah, you what said they, they got doing? they got upset in some way. What way did yeah. they get upset? They got mad. They just how did, how did they? No, charge? no. What, what did they? What did they do though? <laughs> they held their they, vote. They withheld their vote. <laughs> Try me, niggas. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought we were. T- I thought we were talking about the tinter tantrums. <laughs> That's yeah, over yeah. for you all day too. Yeah, he's not gonna ever change that. Like he knows how to say it, but he's just not gonna change it. And it's, it is what it is. You know? <laughs> uh, but no. So now you know through my whole damn. Have a tinter tantrum about it, then, nigga. Nigga, fuck everybody, nigga. But no, honestly. The Bernie Sanders support, literally, all they did was got they got mad and literally uh, withheld their vote because their candidate. No, no, that's where it is. I was going in because of how it kind of went down. It was it was some shady shit uh, on the Democratic side about um, funding and some information that you know went here and there. And therefore, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of anger behind behind that. So it was it wasn't it wasn't straight to the point, but still. If you have two two standout people in an election, it, you literally need to do uh, 
some critical thinking about about your shit. Like sitting here being mad because the one person that you like the most is not not in the election. Like that's dumb as shit. Like it's it's, it's flat out. It's, it's really just dumb because here you are literally allowing shit to go to the wind, however it lands, and then you're still gonna be upset. Because and then you go still bitch about it and complain exactly. about it for four years. Exactly. So here you are. Stop. You know, saying you have two. You're the major. Now, here's my thing. If you have an independent candidate that really could could come out and, and make good change, I think they need to be present way before it comes time to start talking about a presidential election. Yeah. Because when you start coming in, when it's close to the race, you're starting to you're swaying things and now you want everybody to be behind you. And and then you'll start making this somewhat of a cult thing that if you're not in it, then you don't need to vote for nobody else. Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I I'm up for anybody who can actually do the job. It doesn't have to be for two particular parties. Uh, but if you honestly present facts and you, you have all these other boxes checked, you I need to see you beforehand. Like I need to see you, way early before we start talking about primaries and 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 this whole other shit like it you need you need to be after this after this election if you want to run for for president no matter what sides are on i need to hear you starting now like for real i need to i need to hear your voice because you're going to start coming in and crying towards the end and it's not it's not going to mean anything you need to make your your um make your voice heard a lot sooner yeah, and I think there is. I've been seeing on, on on social. I mean, I gotta get off social media. I swear, man. Those free. I've been seeing on social media this 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 here free social apps. I, I need to get off of them, man. But but people saying, oh, there is no lesser of two evils. Yes, it is. Listen, evil is evil. Yes, but telling a lie as opposed to pedophilia. Hey, lesser of two evils. I don't care. Like you know what I'm saying. Like there is a lesser of two evils. And when I say this, I'm just saying like find the candidate. Like we like we've been saying, find the candidate that close more closely aligns with what you and your family stand for you know what i'm saying like if you have to there's listen there's people out here who's 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 who are going to vote for this dude who in my opinion is supporting systemic racism because they want tax breaks and because they want different things that trump is promising and they're going to vote for that and you're going to stay home because what biden says something back 20 years ago or because he said you ain't black if you both, so you're gonna let that emotional response carry you all the way to, or not carry you to the polls? Like, dude, this is one thing that he did wrong out of the million things that everybody's gonna do wrong who runs for this office. Like, you have to pick one that's gonna be close, more closely aligned, and it ain't Kanye, because <laughs> he's not gonna get in. That ain't it. Come on, volume. <laughs> Golly, man. My bad. I just had a flashback of my time on social media since this whole. Since, since we did our hashtag episode, y'all, since all this stuff kicked off back in March, like social media has been a trip. I just had to delete somebody just because they want to j- justify and say that police brutality against black people is a myth. And the numbers <sighs> don't support it. Like, I ain't got time for that junk. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. listen, yeah. find a candidate that is is at least saying and 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 going against um system systemic racism and and in his in his in his in his, you know, can 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 complete a sentence and it won't be a national embarrassment for our country. Like right. find that person. Right. Right. Well, that's a great way to uh, keep it moving. We got to find that person that aligns with what we want. And what we want is for you to go to our GoFundMe page, right? 
Uh, you can find the link in the show's notes. You can also find the link in our IG bio, the 1528 podcast. Uh, the link is going to be there. You can also go to our webpage, the1528podcast.com, and we have a, a link there. Please give whatever you can, whether it's $5, $10, $1, $20, $200, $20, whatever you feel you can spare. And more importantly, also spread the message to anybody you know that might be sympathetic to our cause as far as wanting to spread the knowledge about voting, voter registration, and making a difference. With that being said, fellas, any last words or final thoughts? Hey, as we hit this road um, and we go to these different cities, if you are a listener or you know someone who listens um, and we get there, I, I, I hope that you can come out and support and and honestly get on board with what we're trying to do here. Uh, I, I will be completely honest and say, like, if you can feed us along the way, that'd be great. Um, if if you don't mind that that'd be awesome. I I am I am a person that loves food, and I wanna I wanna you know know the the food culture in your area. That's the way you can enrich my life <laughs> uh, as as I come and try to do uh, something in your area. But yeah, Dre personally just wanted to take a second and give a quick shout out to my company and all of my colleagues for the mm-hmm. so much overwhelming support that you guys have given to the campaign so far, um, whether it's through the offering to volunteer, help us set up the locations at the different cities, um, helping to, um, they're going to raise funds while we're on the road um, here in the city, set up different tables and areas, having people continue to go uh, donate to the GoFundMe account to help uh, finance for everything we need throughout the trip. But just in the first couple of days alone, um, they've literally donated thousands of dollars to the campaign company itself helped us secure six laptop devices so we can actually have people uh, registering to vote online and requesting their absentee ballot um, online as well as uh, Wi-Fi for the trip. Uh, so just wanted to say really, really appreciative of my company, my coworkers, my colleagues. That was really, really big. You guys brought literally brought me to tears um, at one point in the first couple of days. But just in general, everybody that's already donated, everybody that shared, everybody that just reached out um, and offered their support. Um, really, really, really appreciate you guys. Can't do it literally without y'all help. Uh, so thank you. Um, please continue to share. Um, anybody who would like to donate, please do. Uh, BJ just mentioned the links, but just wanted to say thanks for everybody who's done it so far and everybody who's uh, considering doing it um, in the future. Yeah. All I want to add is just, man, this is our, this is our do something. You know, mm-hmm. we see a problem, we're doing something. Um, and I just want to encourage y'all to do something, man. Do something. If if all the politicians are dirty and criminals and you're not, get in a position to be a politician so that you can bring real change that you're not seeing. If if you can't, you know what I'm saying, if, you, if, if, if no one, none of these politicians care about us and you do, get in a position to be a politician that cares about us so we can make some real change. But mm-hmm. sitting around doing something, doing nothing, it's just... It's, we don't. We can't afford that anymore, y'all. We can't afford to sit and do nothing. We can't afford to have temper tantrums and pout and just and just just exist. We have to start living. We have to start living on purpose. And if you can't get in position to do something, inspire somebody else to do it, and then and then support them financially, emotionally, whatever you got to do, support them in their doing something, and then that will be you doing something. But I just implore everybody to just please get out, do something. And make a difference um, the best way you know how. My final thought is going to go back into something I always say. 
is uh, listen to understand and not just to respond. So if someone's, and I, I think we're going to have to use that a lot on the road um, mm-hmm. in order to understand where they're coming from, to try to reshape their, their thought process. Uh, but even if you're on the other side, try to understand if someone's trying to teach you something, try to understand what they're saying. We thank you for all the support that we've had and can, will continue to have and uh, just continue to spread the word for us. Thank you. Anyway, it's been another episode of the 1528 Podcast. This is BJ. This is it. Dre. JT. We out. Peace, y'all. Keep following us on IG, on the GoFundMe. We're going to post updates. We're going to go live. Keep y'all updated. And see y'all then. Spread the word. Thanks, everybody. Try Jesus. <laughs>